Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the legendary Randy Erickson. <sighs> Busy week, doing lots of interviews, so I guess we'll keep this kind of short. Uh, just to let you know, probably be putting out two episodes a week for a while. Just uh, Otherwise it'll be start of next year's World Championships before we get through all the guests. So... Um, Probably don't need to introduce this guy, Nathan Fave. Um, it was a fun chat, and uh, what the hell? Go fast, take chances, and listen to Nathan. Oh, yeah, and go buy his uh, book. It's a very good read. Thanks for listening. Morning. Hey, Nathan, how are you? I'm, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Um, good, except it's cold here. Not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh, sounds good. Sounds like uh, sounds like there could be some good skiing to be had. Um, yeah, except you know we live in the woods, but we're kind of on the edge of the snow. So like if you go ten or fifteen miles north, they get good snow here. Not enough to ski. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But because where, where are you exactly? Um, the Black Hills of South Dakota. So, oh, okay, right. I've never been to that area. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, I think it's really nice. You know, we're going to have 40-degree weather next week, so our snow will melt so we can have fun. But Yeah, right. <clears throat> oh, good one. Good. Yeah. So, um, well, thanks for getting up. You know, you're retired. You don't have to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm always up early. It's my favorite part of the day, so no problem. So, how, it, has it been that way all your life? Because I know people... I was actually out with some friends yesterday, and he goes and runs at 4.30 every morning. Has that always been the way you've been? Oh, I've always got up early. I mean, I would consider 4.30 pretty early, <laughs> but uh, you know, at this time in New Zealand, the sun's up about 5, and uh, yeah, I, I just really enjoy that, that energy in the mornings when the when the sun comes up and the day sort of starts to energize, so yeah, I'll, as long as I can remember, I've always been pretty happy to get up and, and get out riding or running or, or whatever, or even playing golf. You know, I've been known to be playing golf at 5.30 some morning. So, yeah, it's just, it's just a part of the day, I guess, I like. And I, I tend to sort of wind down quite early at the other end of the day. So, yeah, just, just, just sort of my cycle, I guess you could say. Yeah, well, it's that, uh, <clears throat> I, I would say, farmer background. Yeah, you get up with the sun and you go to bed with the sun. Yeah, nice. So it is. Um, so I would like, we'll talk a little bit about worlds, but I actually would like to spend more time talking about your book and stuff. Cause, oh, okay. Um, I've got like 10 people lined, lined up to talk about worlds. None of them have a book. So, In fact, literally, <laughs> literally when we get done, I'm going to talk to Chris. Oh, cool, cool. Nice one. So, um, so let's yeah. just spend a little time. Obviously, uh, it must have went good for you guys. The race, yeah, it did. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, as you say, it, it sort of goes without saying, you know, we had, we had a win and a, a pretty convincing win and that usually uh, only happens if, if things have sort of lined up for you and, and I guess you've had a little bit of luck along the way and things. So, yeah, we, we did have a, we, we had a good race as a team and, uh, you know, got through the course or what, what, what of the course we did um, as best we could. So, yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly pretty satisfied, um, you know, with the result and how we sort of performed as a team, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, not much to say there, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't argue with success, right? 
Yeah, I, I guess, you know, there's, there's some races you have where, you know, they're pretty close or the racing's tight or there's something that happened that sort of clouds things with a bit of doubt or whatever. But I, I think for us in Brazil this year, you know, we we just put together a, a really solid performance that uh, yeah, it was undisputable, really. It was like we were the best team there that week and, um, you know, we, we proved that in the in the results and, I guess that's sport and racing. You know, another week it could result could have been different, but that was our week. Yeah, is it um, is that a s- really a special way of uh, retiring, winning world championships? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. If I retire, um, it will be a real special oh, way. So it's not official. So, well, I guess it never will be. Like I mean. Um, you know, it's a funny word, yeah. uh, retirement, and, and what does it mean? And, and I guess for me, you know, on my, my immediate future, I've got some changes, um, you know, I've chosen to make on uh, just with business and family and things. And I just want to have a different focus going into next year, uh, yeah, different to going into a year that's essentially, uh, I guess, laid out in front of you because you've committed to doing three or four expedition races. So, yeah, you sort of squeeze in whatever you can between the events. Well, next year it's the other way around. I'm not committed to do any racing, so it allows me to focus on other things. Mm-hmm. But on saying that, you know, like I, I always stay fit. Yeah. So um, I'm always basically exercising and, and doing stuff. And you know, if, if there's a race that interests me at some point in the future, and there's a good team, and perhaps there's some really good prize money. Um, you know, I may just, I may just go. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really keen to go and do that. So, so, uh, you know, for me, it's, I, I'm not really using the word retirement. I, I, there is a change uh, ahead of me. I, I may do some more adventure racing. I may not. I don't know. But um, if I do, it's because you know that's what I've chosen to do. And if I don't, then equally, you know, that's what I've chosen to do. So, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sort of. Well. I guess that, that, that's it, really. Yeah, okay. Well, that, it kind of sounds like fun to be able to do what you want to do and not do. Yeah, that's right. Just having that bit of flexibility. And, um, yeah, and I guess the other thing, too, is, you know, I'm getting old, so or older, so I, I can't have that luxury of just sort of coming and going uh, with racing as whenever I want. So, you know, I've probably got a couple of years where if I want to go and, compete at a, at, a, at a sharp end of a, of a race, you know, those opportunities are still there, but they won't be there for much longer. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Would you ever consider doing a race just for fun, like with a, a new team or something, just to see what it's like? It, like, um, not real competitive, but just to, have, just to do it? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I've done races like that before. Um, you know, quite a bit more, more sort of smaller scale things. I, I guess it's a bit harder to sort of get a sponsor and, and, and get to a major race if, if your goals are just to, just to sort of take part or to try and finish or, or do something like that. But, but certainly on a local level, I've done, I've done lots of racing like that. And, um, you know, as my kids are getting older, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe in five years' time, one of them may be interested in doing a race and, and I'll go, sure, you know, let's, um, let's go and do one. Um, I, 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 <laughs> They're not showing any signs of wanting to do that at this stage, but they're pretty young, yeah. so I guess we'll see what happens there. But, but yeah, no, I'm open to open to um, yeah to, to to taking part in an event, and I don't necessarily have to be racing um, to win. I mean, I, I do like uh, I guess the challenge of trying to win races, but 
you know, depending on who the team was, I, I'd be equally happy to to go into a race with with different goals. Um, so yeah, we'll just just see what happens. Yeah, well, since we always jump around anyway, that's kind of what you did with the Seagate guys, right? Isn't that sort of how you got involved with them? Now we're into sort yeah. of the book part, people. Yeah. Go read the yeah. book. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I can't say too much about. It. But yeah, you did right. Um, you know, I I met the Seagate guys, uh, you know, and well, at first in, in the year two thousand, and what transpired, uh, you know, the, the short version of the story was is I ended up um, racing, you know, literally in Team Seagate, but a corporate Team Seagate with three of the executives, and uh, pretty much that that's how the team started. You know, they just kind of. So we got, I got to know them, and they did the Southern Traverse down here in New Zealand, uh, which some people would have heard of, and, and perhaps some people these days won't won't know. But it was one of the major events back in the back in the day, and uh, they did it a couple of times actually. They did two Southern Traverses, and uh, yeah, on the back of that, they basically said to me, "Oh, well, you know, what's involved in in putting a team together to try and win um, Eco Challenge and other races?" And, that, and that's how the discussion started. And I guess the following year, I I, I won Eco Challenge, uh, racing as Team Seagate, and, and ever since then, uh, they've just been the most incredible sponsor. Yeah. Did you ever think that they'd still be with you 15 years later? I mean, that's an that's a incredible amount of time. Yeah, well, I guess that you're right. I mean, there was a gap in, yeah. in there where I didn't race for a few years, but they actually they still sort of supported me and, and other stuff. Um, oh, it is. It's an amazing amount of time. It, uh, incredible. I don't think any of us thought uh, back then that, you know, I would still be still be racing uh, <laughs> and and racing as Team Sega and and probably competing, uh, you know, at, at, at the higher level. Yeah. So, okay, now let's just jump back to Worlds. How soon did you guys realize that that race was going to take a lot longer than? than the organizer said? Oh, I, I kind of had suspicions uh, when they started giving out the information, the box plans and things. I mean, I I know from experience that, you know, they had measured the course at 715 kilometers, um, which I guess is about 500 miles, yeah. I suppose. But I just know from experience that, you know, adventure racing, expedition racing, almost regardless of the terrain, you know, you're only averaging sort of 100 to 130 kilometers a day. And when I saw that it was 700K, it's like, well, you know, that's going to be five, six, possibly seven-day race. And, and that was without seeing the terrain. I thought, I mean, maybe the terrain is so unique that we can travel that fast, but I was very, very skeptical. But as soon as we flew in, um, flying into Kurumba, I was just looking out the window of the plane, <laughs> and I knew straight away, there's just no way we're going to be moving um, quickly through this this area, you know, you could just tell yeah. it was it was just going to be slow travel, and so I, I pretty much said to the team, well, we discussed it as a team um, pretty much straight away that, that this is going to be a really long race, and uh, I guess the thing what we didn't know was how much would they cut and sort of pace the course uh, in order to get us to the finish line, you know, in terms of um, short coursing um, teams. Or you know, are they? Are, I guess what I'm saying is, on day two, you know, we're sure be going to sort of go right. You guys have got behind schedule. Um, you know, we're going to shorten the course, or are they just going to make us stay out there? But no, we we knew going into it that it was going to be long. Yeah. So did you like 
pack extra food or did you realize that our time estimates were going to be wrong and like let's take extra? Oh, we 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 tried to, yeah. Um, you know, but it was quite limiting. You know, the the food that we were really concerned about was is that they, you know, we had a, this eight kilo resupply food bag and. Um, that was we were going to pick that up essentially at the start of the pack rafting stage, and, and we'd sort of looked at that stage and gone, well, that's going to take us a long time, and you know to have two kilos of food each um, to to get through. We were really concerned about that, um, but you know we were like, well, it's the same for everybody, so we're just going to have to sort of deal with it. But I, I think one thing I don't actually know how other teams are fueling themselves, but certainly for us, we're using a lot more freeze dry food. Mm-hmm. These days, and, and we took a lot to, to Pantanal because we knew there was going to be so much fresh water. So we actually were doing fine with food. You know, like we, we got a little bit hungry towards the end of that pack crafting stage. You know, I think it took us a couple of days, and the fastest time was in 10 hours or something crazy. But, but you know, we, we weren't surprised by it. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, you know, we're, um, you know, we've eaten all our food and we've still got 30 hours to go. You know, we, we were always in that mindset of, of this, everything's just going to take longer here. So, And by then, um, most of the stages are taking two to three times longer anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, you think yeah, so we, yeah, we did. We were fine. We were okay. We got a little bit hungry at times, but it wasn't really an issue. No. Were there any, I mean, the race from watching it and looking at the trackers and stuff looked like you guys just went. Were there any... Any real difficulties that you had? Yeah, you know. No, not really. Um, I, I think, you know, we that the, I guess the pack crafting stage is the one that w- w- was the real defining sort of stage in that race for lots of reasons, and and that would be the same for us as well. And and I think, um, you know, we'd set ourselves up really well for that. We we'd um, we'd we'd had a big sleep. And we got out there in the morning and we probably wasted, um, you know, an hour to hour and a half trying to find this trail. And, and in the end, we're like, well, I don't think there's a trail here. You know, let's just, we're just going to have to go. Let's just, this is the direction we have to go. So let's just, let's just go. And, and Chris actually summed it up pretty well. He, he said, look, I, I don't really know what's going on here. I don't know what we're looking for. Are we looking for a waterway? Are we looking for a trail? I don't know. But he said, you know, whatever happens, this is going to be one hell of an adventure. Um, so I, I guess at that point, we, we, we sort of just put the race aside for a while and said, well, we're just going to play what's in front of us. And right now we've got this stage and we've got this swamp to cross and we've got these pack rafts and we've got food and, you know, we've got energy. We've just had a full night's sleep pretty much. So let's just go. Let's just that's the direction we've got to go. Let's just go. And, and and we got into it. We just sort of made that our challenge and off we went. And you know, we weren't sure if it was the right way. I mean we knew where we were going, but we weren't sure if, you know, other teams are gonna find this kind of magic route through there and pass us. Um but in the end we we're like, Well, we don't we just don't know. So let's just let's just go for it. Yeah, just keep moving, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um was this and actually this might be my last question about the race, but was this more adventure than racing? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, you're always racing in the sense that, you know, we pushed hard. Yeah. Like, we were mucking around out there. Like, we, you know, we were working hard and pushing hard. And even at times, we were only moving, you know, 500 metres an hour. Um, 
you know, that we were actually working really hard to even achieve that. And, you know, so despite what may look like on the trackers or the photos or whatever you hear or see, um, you know, we, we do race hard and, and, and push hard when we're out there. And, and, and so from that aspect, it was always a race. You know, we were never uh, just kind of drifting around, kind of, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it was definitely a race that required you to get into that mindset of, you know, this is a long way. Um, there's lots of things here that could sort of hook us up, uh, you know, foot problems, people getting sick, people getting injured. Uh, we need to basically race uh, really sensibly, quite conservatively. Uh, yeah, obviously, the heat wave that was there, uh, you know, was pretty demanding, and, and you know, you had to be really mindful about staying hydrated and, and looking after yourself, uh, being in that sun and heat. So, yeah, it was it was definitely not, uh, you know, like a god zone where you're only out there for three, maybe four days, and you can just smash it the whole way. It was. It was like this is yeah this is a significantly longer event and challenge and we need to adjust to that and uh, race accordingly and and, and that you did right it it, it leans uh, for periods it leans leans more to just four people on an expedition and then other times you know we're like right we can sort of race again now and other times it's like right let's forget about the race let's just get back into you know us four people sort of surviving this um, environment really yeah so do you think and I know you think world championship should be a little shorter than this, but was it a fair world championship that you all had to do the same thing? Was it fair? Oh, I haven't really considered that. Um, I guess so. I guess, you know, everyone turned up knowing what to expect mm -hmm. uh, in the sense of, you know, what equipment we had and, and various things and, and uh, sure, the course was longer and people ran out of food and all the rest of it, but it was the same for everybody. So it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like um, anyone was sort of uh, had an advantage that the other people didn't have. Uh, it was too long. You know, like, oh, you're right. I don't, I don't think races need to be that long. I, I think they just kind of get boring and then random things start to happen when you have, you know, races that go on and on and on. But... Um, but at the same time, you know, like I, I really, uh, I really appreciate um, the opportunity to have passed through the Pantanal region, and uh, the fact that it did take us seven days. It's like, oh well, you know, that's just this is how it was. I mean, I wouldn't want that to see that become the norm. But um, you know, under the circumstances, like, oh well, you know, it's a one-off thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it actually, I, it was actually pretty good. Um, yeah, so. So yeah, but no, I think it was I think it was fair. I mean, I, it probably played into our hands a little bit more um, in the sense that you know, we we have got a lot of experience collectively as a team, and and I don't really know some of the other teams um, all that well, but you know, we as a team, you know, we are, I guess, sort of you know, real adventurers in the sense that we don't just do adventure racing; we actually go and do. Uh, you know, a number of different sorts of expeditions in our in our own time. So we could sort of switch between the two, um, you know, quite easily. I'm not sure if every team has that kind of skill base. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it, it certainly it certainly was, 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 was good for us. Yeah, obviously. Um, what's what's going to happen with the team? I mean, are, are they're going to keep racing, right? Do you get a – who's yeah, that, your that, replacement? That, that, 
<laughs> oh well, <laughs> it's probably a bit early to say, but um, they yeah they are keen that uh, they're keen to um, to do just I think just to do the world champs next year like. Uh, they're, they're sort of racing God's own in different capacities um, next year because I because I sort of said I'm not racing, yeah. so they're sort of doing some slightly different things. Um, Sophie's racing. And Sophie's actually racing as Team Seagate, but with four females. Um, and then, but the, they they are keen to go to uh, to Australia next year for the worlds and, and, and defend the title. In terms of a replacement for me, you know, all, all honesty. Uh, we're spoilt for choice here in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's ten guys that could step into that team and actually make it go faster. So um, it's up to them, really, uh, who who they who they want to take. So we're just sort of uh, just sort of wrapping up the season now with sponsors and things. And and I've sort of started some discussions with Seagate about about them continuing to sponsor the team for next year, and that, that's all looking good. So yeah, I, I suspect that um, they'll be there. Uh, in Australia next year, racing as Team Seagate and and keen to to win another title, I suspect. Yeah, I mean that's not quite home territory, but I I've talked to a lot of people that are like, oh, finally a world championship where they speak English. <laughs> well, the Pantanal was good because there was no one to talk to at all. Didn't really matter, um, did it? Which is probably the ultimate. Yeah, it's like a world championship with no language. Um, you know that's probably that is uh, one special thing I reckon about that race um, is is that you know we basically didn't see people, uh, which which I thought was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. How often does that happen? Mm, mm. Okay, let's let's talk about a book, and I'm I got two things I want to say about it. I stayed up <laughs> I stayed up till two a.m. the last night finishing it. Oh wow! So it's. Uh, not only can you race, you can write. <laughs> and two, I have a small connection to it. Um, remember the gal that got hurt at Expedition Idaho? Expedition the, Idaho. The one broke her back and neck and had to be flown out. Only vaguely. Uh, we we're, we're, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my wife. Oh, right. Okay, okay. And she's doing fine. She's nuts yep. too. She's gonna run. Uh, she's gonna run the Trans Pyrenees next year. Oh wow! Nine hundred wow. kilometers. Cool. So, so that's my yep. little connection to the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. So, yeah. oh, good one. How? What was the hardest part to write about in your life? Oh, I don't think. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think it was anything particularly hard. Um, you know, like I, the writing, I've always enjoyed writing and, and sort of putting thoughts onto paper. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything was hard. I mean, I guess some things at different times, uh, you know, I experienced different emotions as I, as I sort of went through. You know, like obviously racing, writing about some of the racing is, is, is fun to write about because you know, I'm a racer and a sports person. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, some of my, my early years or growing up and things, you know, that they were quite interesting to write about because it, it sort of forced me into some sort of reflection as to, um, you know, what I did and what I thought and, and who I was and things. Um, obviously, writing about my mum's accident and stuff was, was really emotional and, and uh, you know, pretty, pretty – I, I wouldn't say it was hard to write about, but, um, you know, because I wanted to write about that. Yeah. But it was uh, – yeah, it was heavy, heavy going. 
you know, sort of putting putting that down and really thinking about that and, and what had happened and things. So, yeah, I, I guess there's all these sort of different emotions. I mean, if there's anything hard about writing the book, it was probably just, just kind of reaching the deadline, really. Um, you know, everything seems to kind of come together. Uh, at a bit of a rush towards the end, but but most of all, it was um, a really enjoyable experience, and and it has been has been spread out over quite a period of time. So, um, you know, in some ways, it was almost as much a diary as a as an autobiography. Did you have like a habit of writing? Did you do sit down? Would you sit down and write every day, or you know, would you just find no, time? Yeah, um, not every day. I would I would tend to try and write. Uh, kind of periods or chapters. Um, so some days I'd be in a mood for writing, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of write a, a chapter or two, and, and sort of play around with that, and tweak it, and massage it, and edit it, and delete it, and bits and pieces. So I, I tended to write in chunks. You know, if I, if I was in the mood, um, I'd sort of go for it, <clears throat> and then other times I might start to write. I think, oh, you know, sit down and do some writing today, and sort of sit there and be quite vacant for a while and go, no, no, today's not the day. So well, I, I had luxury of time. Like I, yeah. I had plenty of time. It was only really uh, this year that, that uh, the pressure came on timing-wise. So, so um, yeah, like, yeah, mainly just kind of in chunks. Yeah. Interesting. Um, one little technical thing that I noticed, and I'm curious about it. You almost never named another team when you were talking about them. You would say that team or something is was that a conscious decision or is that just something that happened? Oh, I I would say something that happened. Okay. Like I didn't consciously um, not not name teams, but I, I I guess part of it as well is is that I you know the book for me um, I didn't want the racing to become. Um, you know, sounds crazy, <laughs> perhaps, for, yeah, for racers. But I didn't want it to become a book about event racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted it to be a book about about my life, and event racing's been a big part of my life, but it hasn't been everything. And and I just didn't want to sort of go down the road of of um, accounting all these sort of races and what happened, and and get into too much of the detail and sort of lose, uh, I guess, um, the focus of of what I was writing. And and the other thing too is I, I think you risk um, narrowing your audience if uh, yeah. if you go down because they're interested to know. Well, I think um, you know my readers are interested to, to learn about me, what I did. They're not really too interested in um, the mechanics of you know some race that I did in in uh, you know Russia or something. So so no, I didn't consciously not name teams, but I um, but it's interesting you you, you notice that, and I, and I think that's why yeah. I. Uh, I just I sort of wanted to brush over some of that stuff really and and um, yeah you know it's I, it's, it's it's a little bit strange you know writing well I, writing to me yourself yeah yeah I I yeah. notice it because I know who the teams are you're talking about you know yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. that's reading it about you is not even going to pay any attention to that so but yeah 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 I think yeah. it was a good mix to me like yeah no like uh, you know reading about Costa Rica and Ecuador where you know, we I was there and seeing it, and then you know, and I've heard stories and have talked to you, but then to, to read it, it was there was even another layer to it. But yeah, yeah, really, yeah, the, the family and and quite honestly, the the making of the team was the stuff that was really interesting. I think. 
Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice one. Um, when you were writing and you look back and you're writing about some of the things you did with your kids, were you kind of like once in a while, what, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a bit of a bit of a check going on there. I mean, I, I guess um, Jody and I, you know, as as parents, um, you know, obviously of our three children, you know, we, you know, some of those sort of things we've done, you know, and and obviously people who haven't read the book won't really know what we're talking about, but um, you know, we have done some 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 fairly out there adventure activities, and and yeah, you know, the kids have been at probably a, a, a level of risk that that we shouldn't have exposed them to, but it was never our intention, you know, to put the kids in danger. It's just our passion to get out there and, and literally have adventures. Um, every now and again, we just sort of measured things wrong. But I, I think we, we sort of pulled it and got it under control. And uh, we haven't really had any of those sort of close calls for a while now. Um, I, I think we're a lot more conservative. And, and the kids are getting more older and capable now as well. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, a little part of me does sort of shudder a wee bit when I, when I think about some of the places we've been um, – and uh, and some of the things we've done, so uh, yeah, we're probably a little bit lucky actually. But um, but yeah, we we sort of through that now, and yeah, yeah. Are are the kids old enough now that like you suggest something, they're like, Dad, do you really think that's a good idea? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they are they are old enough. Well, certainly my older too, and they actually now have um, spent you know a significant amount of time. Uh, in the outdoors, doing outdoor sport, they're actually pretty good at assessing it, assessing their own risk as well. So they kind of know now the risks and their capabilities. So, so they are, they are, they they're definitely come, happy to say to us, um, you know, uh, I'm not so sure about this, or you know, what what are you thinking here, sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we're um, everyone's growing up. Yeah. So when they do that, do you sit down with them and and talk about the risk, and then what if they say no, we don't, we don't want to go. Oh, um, if it's if it's to do with risk, health and safety, I guess you know we totally respect that. Like if we're mountain biking and one of our kids says, "Look, I don't want to ride down this bit or whatever," that's totally fine. You know, like we're one hundred percent supportive. And for us, it's it's about um, spending time in that environment and not necessarily about going out there and, and sort of being thrill seekers. So um, you know, we just like to go to beautiful places and and, and enjoy them and, and enjoy them through doing adventure sports. So. You know, there are times when we might be, you know, kiting down a river, and there is one rapid that that, that you know that's particularly, I, I guess, maybe a higher grade than the rest of the river, and we'll get out and talk to the kids and say, look, who wants to do it, who doesn't? Sometimes they'll say they don't want to, so yeah, we'll just walk around it or or find a way. You know, we're we're pretty relaxed. We're not, we're definitely not pushing our kids to, you know, to to do stuff they don't want to do, or we don't have any agenda to kind of make them into sort of global adventurers or anything like that. It's it, it purely just, um, you know, we love being in the wilderness. We love spending time as a family, um, you know, I, I guess, um, you know, privately uh, in those sort of places and and um, just having a good time. And, and uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I know the kids know that as well. Like if they if they, um, if they don't want to do something, then, um, then that, that's absolutely fine. You know, not, no problem at all. I, I guess where we draw a line is, is, is we're going to go and do something they don't want to go. Yeah. You know, we might say, right, today we're going, you know, we're going to go for a walk this morning and then this afternoon, you know, we're going to, you know, go and visit family or whatever. Occasionally I'll say, oh, I don't want to go walking today. Well, it's like, well, that's just too bad. <laughs> yeah. Got, yeah. You still live in this house, so suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. it's it's too bad more 
especially in the United States, that we haven't had more parents like that. But um, it seems like you're doing a good mm. job with them. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Randy. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. From, from uh, the uh, up high on Facebook, anyway, it looks like you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spoke rules of the world, so I can't be wrong. That's true. Um, yeah. The other thing that I noticed reading the book is that you were in the right place at the right time a lot of times, but you knew it, and you would take advantage is that a yeah. kind of a fair assessment? I mean, yeah, I think it is. Looking back, it is. Um, I guess at the time it's not so clear cut, yeah. but certainly um, when you look back, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I guess from a young age, I've I've been fairly, I suppose, entrepreneurial is the right word, or you know, or driven, or. Um, yeah, quite forward thinking, and so I, I guess I've always been trying to figure out, you know, as a young young person going through life, um, you know, where I wanted to be and how I was going to get there. So I was probably always a bit of a hunter uh, for opportunities, you know, looking looking carefully for for opportunities that were going to sort of lead me in the direction I wanted to go in. So um, I, I think that served me pretty well uh, in the sense that. You know, I was probably able to spot uh, opportunities um, quite early or perhaps even before other people, um, simply because I was probably more open to them and, uh, and, looking, and looking for them. But, yeah, when, when I look back, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, a lot of the defining moments that I've had or the breaks, I guess you could say, it was I happened to be at the right place at the right time, but I also happened to be looking, um, you know, for something to happen. Yeah. Um, and so when it did, I was I was ready, and um, yeah, I, I feel pretty pretty fortunate. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> some of those things. Yeah, yeah, it also seems like you were never afraid to ask somebody for something if there was the opportunity there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably true as well. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, I'll, yeah. Nothing wrong with I, that. I think, yeah, yeah. I, was, I think a little bit of that is. Um, you know, the South Pacific kind of lifestyle, like, you know, as you know, I was sort of growing up in a multicultural home and, and the islanders, um, you know, South Pacific, Samoa, Fiji, Tonga, um, South Pacific islands, um, you know, people have got a slightly different kind of approach to life and, and things. And, um, yeah, I, I think that part of me is, I, I, it's almost a little bit of a sort of a, a little bit cheeky, actually, mm -hmm. you know, the way you can kind of get around and, and literally that ask people for help and, and things. And yeah, I've probably, I've probably done a few things in life where other people I'd never do it because they just don't think it's sort of appropriate or too risky or too cheeky. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really mind and sort of give things a go, I guess. Yeah. Well, I've discovered it doesn't hurt anything to ask. No, no, yeah. no, not at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> where, just to jump back a little bit, where do you think that, for lack of a better term, entrepreneurial drive came from? Mm, I think oh, a couple of things, really. I mean, I, to be honest, I haven't really thought about this until now, but I I suspect it probably came from two things. One is, is that um, from a fairly young age, I knew where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. So... You know, I, I was on a pathway. I, I had goals, and, and I wanted to achieve them. 
um, you know, I'm talking from pretty much a, a late teenager onwards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're sort of driven and quite clear about what you want and where you're going to go, it's a lot easier to, to be like that. And I think the other thing is, is that just, you know, being a Pacific person um, growing up and, you know, and a lot, a lot of people won't know this, I guess, about New Zealand, but it's a predominantly white country. And, you know, I'm brown skin, I'm a minority culture here, especially um, back when I was growing up. And um, I, I guess I just wanted to sort of succeed in the system. You know, like I wanted to, a, a, lot, of, a lot of the Pacific people in New Zealand are in the low income jobs. Um, you know, they, they don't tend to kind of be successful by, by sort of Western standards. And, and, and I think for me that that was a bit of a challenge, you know, like I actually wanted to to sort of to succeed on on that in that um, in that system, um, and, and that that has been a bit of a driver as well, yeah. you know, to, to to do that. So and and you know the downstream effect is, I mean, for my quality of life, so it enables me to do the things I enjoy doing. But also um, for me, a big motivator is to you know, to be able to provide uh, opportunities for my kids that that uh, perhaps I didn't have, or or um, or that I want them to have if if that's what they want. Yeah. That's that's a good motivator, isn't it? Ah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So I got one more question about the book, mm. and and I'm going to phrase this so people have to go get the book to know what we're talking about. <laughs> but the uh, first time when you guys didn't get picked for Outward Bound, how much trouble yep. did you get in for screwing around? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a few pretty dark days, um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I guess Jody, my wife, is is um, yeah, she. When, those things don't come as that that much of a surprise, so <laughs> it can be frustrating. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think there was a couple of days there. I was not a very popular person, um, but yeah, I think after uh, things sort of sealed down after that, and, and sort of life goes on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. So, so yeah. did. So even to this day, if you're getting a little out of uh, hand, does she just say outward bound? <laughs> <laughs> I guess she trusts me now. Okay. That, uh, you know, that uh, things will work out. Yeah. Things will work out sooner or later, somehow. You know, that, I think that could have been the subtitle for your book, Things Will Work Out. Yeah, true, true, yeah. So um, what's what what's your plans for the next year? What? that you can talk about, what are you going to be doing, some of your events and things? Oh, the, the, main, the main thing really um, is, I guess there's three things. Um, family-wise, mm-hmm. my oldest daughter um, turns 13 next year, which means in New Zealand that she starts college, which uh, maybe you guys call high school, yeah. I'm not sure, but in our education system, it's a significant change. And we've been very, very transient uh, up to now, like, um, you know, we've taken our kids out of school a lot to go and do interesting things, travel the world, um, do outdoor adventures, um, various things. The last the last three years, we've actually only been home for two of those years. Um, you know, we've done three ski seasons. Um, you know, we were in Ecuador for, for uh, a couple of months and, and, and lots of other stuff. So, so the first change is, is that she is starting college, which means that um, – or high school – uh, that we actually do have to just settle down and um, we don't have the flexibility as much to kind of, uh, you know, travel and, and do stuff. So, th- so that, that's a change. Um, you know, we're, we're, 
we're kind of living back in our house now and and we're sort of we'll be living a lot more normally by by New Zealand standards. Um, the other thing is is that uh, you know me and two friends have I've got a number of companies in New Zealand and, and um, stuff going on, but we've started a freeze dry meal company here a couple of years ago and it's kind of exploding and um, you know it's got potential to be a global company, but not without a lot of work and. At the moment, you know, my two business partners have pretty much been running the company while I've been sort of racing, and and it's just time for me to to get in there and um and kind of get my hands dirty as well, and and uh, and pull my weight really yeah. with 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 that company. So so um so that's a, that's a focus, obviously, yeah. and um yeah, and I, I well I guess those are the two main things yeah. um um really, and then. Uh, yeah, just not having that that weight of um, training for a race and those chunks away of travelling and stuff just enables me to to kind of uh, to just plan my year a little bit a little bit more around uh, the other things. So, so that, 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 that's essentially um, you know what what I'll be doing, um, as well as you know I'll always be out paddling and biking and running and yeah. and doing stuff with kids and things. So all, yeah, all that stuff. All right. Um, Okay, so this has been great. I'm going to close, but I'm going to give you some advice. Yeah, thank you. That's always a good opportunity to learn. Right. Thanks. So you're just talking. <laughs> we were just talking about your freeze dried food company, and you never mentioned yeah. their name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. I'm pretty subtle when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not the head of the marketing department. <laughs> um, but thanks for asking. Uh, Absolute Wilderness is the name of the company. So. so uh, yeah, people can can search it online if you just go absolutewilderness.co.nz. Yeah, we'll put uh, a link up, and I might put a link yeah. up to the to the uh, picture of Stu like shoving the whole package down his face in, yeah, in yeah, Ecuador. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, so apparently good, it's good food because I never seen anybody wolf down food that fast. So. Well, yeah, it's um. It's a at the moment. It's a very unique product, and the we're using a freeze drying, a cooking and freeze drying technique, which um, at the moment in the world, our our meals are the only cold water rehydrate meals that will rehydrate 100. percent So for event tracing, they're great yeah. because you can, uh, as long as you've got water, you can you can have a a good meal, and and obviously in everyday life, you know, like a a cold beef stroganoff is not going to really be most people's, um, you know, appetite. But at an adventure race, yeah. it's 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 cuisine. So um, so yeah, our meals are, are, are fantastic for adventure racing, and uh, for, for that reason that they they'll they'll cold water rehydrate, and uh, they're super light, they're energy dense, they're tasty, um, they're made in New Zealand, healthy ingredients. You know, there's no it's a very clean label. You know, like if you look at our label compared to other freeze dry companies, um, you can actually recognise what we're putting in the meals. Um, it's not just a series of numbers and preservatives. So, so I think we've got an amazing product. Um, it's unique. It's it's uh, you know our intention is is we obviously we want the company to be successful, but our, our real drive is is to put quality food um, out there for people to use in amazing places. You know, we just we just want people to have good meals while they're out venturing. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Sounds good. And that's better marketing there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe I might might get a job in the marketing department after all. There you go. So, 
Yeah. If, At the moment, I'll just do productistic. Yeah. If you want, I can send you a letter of recommendation. So. <laughs> Could be helpful. Be helpful. Well, thanks for um, the interview. Thanks for being out there so we could watch you all those years. And, and thanks for the book. And, I, and really, it's one of the better autobiographies I've read in a long time. So. Oh, nice. Thank you. you know, oh, that's great. It's, it's cool because you know the person, but it's going to yeah. be a really cool book even if you never heard of who you are. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thanks for that. That, that, that means a lot. Thanks, Randy. Right. So, yeah. well, I'm just going to tell you to go fast, take chances, and have fun, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I reckon I can do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good one. Cheers. Hey, thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks for the talk. We'll talk to you later. Go on. Cheers. Bye. See ya. A watch came in the mail today For my retirement, they say I opened the expensive box Inside a $20 watch Gold colored, gaudy and engraved It's 25 years that I stayed Wasn't my idea to go They thought I shouldn't let me know Retirement Took my washroom key and my identity Retirement I'd gone from stockbroker to stockboy No more martini lunches with the boys Now a coffee shop's the best that I can do Get the cheapest thing on the menu haven't had my hair cut in three months You know I was the sharpest dressed guy once Now old overcoat and tattered clothes The bloom has fallen off the rose Retirement I'm no longer relevant I took my washroom key and my identity It happens to us all I stayed too long at the ball Went from six figures to three Now what will become of me? Got a card from a fellow Who I've worked with since those many years ago Goodbye, good luck, have a good life Signed by him and the wife But as I spied the card and envelope No telephone or address had he wrote Cause he said what he had to say We never really talked much anyway Retirement I'm no longer relevant 
took my Washington, my identity, retirement, retirement, and it's very evident, they took my dignity and my identity, retirement, watch came in the mail today, they say